Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the bar? The neon dance. You know, once he started to have success at Colorado, then... What, the baton started to get passed? What major college job should he take? What about the NFL? Well, apparently he has no interest in the NFL for now. But once Shadour graduates or becomes draft eligible, i got three places where Dion would be a natural fit in the National Football League. We'll look at that. And where it would work for them to draft his son as well. So we'll dive into that. What else do we have in store for you? Well, a little rocky top temperature. As Tennessee heads to Gainesville to take on Florida, a team that they haven't beaten in the swamp in two decades. You know, I have varying degrees of whether or not a school is back or not. They're back. Well, it depends on who they are. Texas, they're back. Texas won one national championship in 50 years, 40 years. What's it mean for Texas to be back in the college football playoff? What's it mean for USC to be back? Win a national title in the college football playoff. Notre Dame, win a national title. So Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska's back when we eventually say that again in the college football playoff competing for a national title. So there's different varying degrees for Tennessee to be back. Starts this weekend in Gainesville. And one to wrap with this, a little Jack's jostling as negotiations are said to have begun between the Jaguars and the city of Jacksonville. Why the city of Jacksonville, Donna Diggin, should reach out to the governor. Here's where the city of the city of Jacksonville, <laughs> apropos, needs to use Governor DeSantis or ask for his assistance or use him, use him, use his power. How about that? If that makes any more sense, so we'll dive into that as well. Again, Harp on Sports, the Bar Podcast, Media, Audio, Radio Network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Instagram at Harp on Sports Twitter, Harp on Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports YouTube page, Harp on Sports Facebook page under the bar, and of course, harponsports.com. Let's start off with the Dion dance. Joel Klatt telling Colin Coward, Dion doesn't want to coach in the NFL. Like, I get it. I understand right now. Sure, why? No. He's got both of his sons, loves where he is. It's great. What happens when his sons are in the NFL? Does that change at all? Does that change at all? And, you know, we mentioned, you know, places for Dion coaching collegiately. Look at Colorado expectations were low. He's got a lot of, he's the king. He's the king there. Going to a different place, it's going to have to be a place where college football is king. Expectations aren't win the national championship every year. Like Dion at Alabama wouldn't make any sense. It just wouldn't. He goes 10-2 and two and they want to fry him. So no. Dion at Ohio State, look, they're talking about Ryan Day has to beat Michigan to save his job. So Ryan Day go 11-1 and one and lose to Michigan, they're going to can him? Or he's in the hot seat? No. Dion, Ohio State, no. Oregon, maybe, maybe. So I look at things like from Dion's perspective with his two sons, he's not going anywhere for two years in Colorado. He's going to coach there this year, going to coach there next year. Nowhere. Got a chance actually to win the Big 12 next year too, which is amazing once they join the Big 12 after whatever they do in the Pac-12 this year. But I was looking at Dion in this NFL dance. You know, collegiately, if he wants to coach somewhere in two years, the buyout starts to shrink a little bit. 
I think after the third year here at Colorado is when you could really get in there and manage the buyout. It's like what, $6 million. You could get in there and, and really do some damage if you wanted to pry him away, depending on what school was interested in him. But with Deion Sanders here and the NFL and Joel Klatt, what he told Colin Coward, I agree right now. Sure. Well, I don't have to agree. It's what Joel said. I believe him a hundred percent, but here's the issue. When his sons are gone, is Deion going to still have the love for college football when his two sons are in the NFL? And if it could be somehow a package deal, Give you some examples. Not that you could spin this or pull this off, but here's a couple of examples of how this could work. There's three places I see Dion fitting in the NFL in two years. Not right now. Two years. Two years. Not the rest of this year, of course not. The year after next. Those three places are the Jets with Aaron Rodgers saying he's going to come back next year. Two more years. Deion Sanders. After next year, Shadur enters the NFL draft. Say the Jets trade up to number one. Dion becomes the head coach of the Jets. Here comes his son. His son's an NFL quarterback. His son's a starting NFL quarterback, the talent-wise. Good. Good. There you go. The draft picks will be gone. They won't owe the Packers anything more. So the three places I see Dion where he could fit, again, he's going to coach Colorado the rest of this year, of course. All of next year, two years, Dion with the Jets. Now, look, Robert Sala, who, who knows what's going to happen here in the future. It's a great defense. Dion could come in, son, quarterback, go. I'm giving you places where he would fit. The second of which is the Lions. Now, look, they love what Dan Campbell's done there, and it's been great. But the Lions are also a fit. Why? Well, Jared Goff got one year left on his contract, what are the Lions going to do at quarterback here in two years? They're going to re-sign Jared Goff? Maybe they do. But again, I'm just giving you places where he could slide in. And the third on this, if things go south for Mike McCarthy in Dallas, how about Dallas? Dion in Dallas is actually the perfect fit. Can Jerry share that spotlight's the question. Would Jerry be willing to share that spotlight? Would Dion be willing to share that spotlight? Think about it. Former Cowboy won a Super Bowl there. Prime time. Tony Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, his contract expires after next season. Just telling you, just telling you, you want a situation. You can franchise Dak at that point, draft Shadur and then go from there. Just giving you scenarios where it fits, where there could be quarterback vacancies in markets that Dion would be interested in. Dion's not going to go coach Carolina. He's not going to coach Houston. Well, Houston would make more sense than Carolina. He's not. You talk about the Falcons, maybe, but boy, that's a stretch. Boy, that's a stretch. You look around at places that could be like he's not going to coach the Arizona Cardinals. There's just certain places that Dion doesn't. Denver, you know, not going to go. Not going to go. The the hook on Dion at the NFL is this, gets to coach his son. Gets to coach his son. Again, after next year, Jets are going to be looking for a quarterback. Jared Goff's got a year left. So does Dak Prescott. Lions, Jets, Cowboys are the three places at the next level I could see Dion sitting. Who like another place that you know, what I would love to see, not that this is going to happen. The Bears move on from Justin Fields, Dion in Chicago. There's another place that the Bears Dion there's another place that could be interesting. But you have to look at quarterbacks that have maybe 2 years left. Dion wanting to coach his kid at the next level, you'd probably have to move up to number 1 to secure that pick. Last thing you do is you 
bring Dion in and you pick fourth and somebody snabs his kid before. No, it'd have to be a package deal. You'd almost have to have the number one pick. Assure Dion it's going to be his son, and there you go. Is his son number one pick worthy? We're going to find out. But there is a fit for Dion in the NFL. Got to work at it a bit, but there is a fit. All right, pivoting from that to this. Uh, you know, I'm going to circle back to the NFL with the Jaguars coming up here, but a little temperature on Rocky Top. I, look, what, what uh, Tennessee last year, you know, they, of course, they beat Alabama. They laid the egg against Georgia at Georgia, but Georgia was tough to beat on the road. They get Georgia at home this year. They have to come to Florida. Tennessee's schedule, it, look, have to go to Tuscaloosa, a little bit tougher. So, so having to go to Alabama, hosting Georgia, they split those again. They'll be right there in the thick of things at the end of the year as well, especially if they beat Georgia. But the question of whether or not Tennessee's back and Florida trying to get back on track, this is that perfect pendulum game. And look, Tennessee showed me a lot last year with Mixon, or Milton, excuse me, Mixon, Milton being able to, to beat Clemson. When you can beat Clemson with your backup quarterback, and with Hendon Hooker going down last year against South Carolina and how that fell apart on them, the fact that they turned around and dumped Clemson in the Orange Bowl was impressive. And, you know, Milton just taking the baton and running with it this year. So, I look at it this way. I've got my Rocky top temp. If Tennessee is truly a top 10 team and back, and that, by the way, that's the bar at Tennessee, top 10 team. Top 10 team. Tennessee's back isn't winning a national championship. Tennessee's back is competing for a national championship. And Tennessee, let's face it, in the 80s and 90s, the top 10 team. Philip Fulmer, what Philip Fulmer have over the course of a decade? He averaged nine and a half wins a year, 10 wins a year for 10 years. Tennessee's back at 10 and 2 every year, just where they're back. So this is how I have this. Tennessee should win. If Tennessee's back, Tennessee wins by double digits in the swamp. If Tennessee's back, it's one of those games where they're up 7 0, 7 3, 13 3, 13 6. You know, 20 to 6, 20 to 10, 23 to 10, 23, 13, 30, 13, 30, 20. That's the type of game that it is. If Tennessee's back, they should go into Gainesville and control Florida. Team they haven't beaten in two decades in Gainesville. Kicking a field goal to win in overtime. Uh, you know, it's tough to win in the SEC. I get it. But if Tennessee's really back, then they should come into the swamp and, and dominates the wrong word, control Florida. Control them, not dominate them, control them. And if you want to take, look, in in the SEC this year, we know Georgia's the top dog. Said Alabama was number two. Then LSU was supposed to be third and Tennessee fourth. Look, if Tennessee wants to come out and say, hey, we're the second best team in this conference, they can prove it this weekend. Coming to Florida, win by double digits. Say, yeah, road win in the SEC by double digits. We were favored by six and a half. We covered with ease. There we go. That's the definition of the return of Rocky Top to me. Last year, they took the right steps. They beat Alabama. But losing to Georgia, the way they lost to Georgia, and then having what happened against South Carolina at the end of the year just kind of left that bad taste. Beating Clemson in the bowl game the way they did? Oh, okay. Now's where you start that cycle again. Uh, Look, Tennessee's not a top-10 team if they lose to Florida in Gainesville. Not where Napier has the squad, not quite yet. And conversely, the same thing for Florida on the other end of the spectrum. If Florida can dump Tennessee with Milton, with what Heupel's built recruiting-wise, with this team being a top-10 team, parentheses, quotes, Billy Napier finally has his signature SEC win. Under his belt, SEC signature win. 
It's not an elite win. It's a signature win. And let's face it, Florida, three games that are separate from the rest. They are Tennessee, Florida State, and Georgia. You know, LSU's there too, but you can't have six significant games. But the three games, they look, Tennessee's still it. Not what it used to be by any means. But that's because Tennessee was bad for a decade. They're not bad anymore. Got to beat your rivals. What happened last year with Navy? If you want to throw LSU into the stack of that, what happened last year? Lost to Georgia. Lost to Florida State. Lost to LSU. Lost to Tennessee. Now, okay, look. Back on track. If you want to make LSU the fourth horseman, fine. 0 for 4 against them last year. You go 2 and 2 against them this year? All right. Going to have to beat this one because Georgia in Jacksonville, not quite ready for that dance yet. LSU at LSU, I know they didn't look good, but that's still Baton Rouge. I think it'll be at night. And then, unless Florida falls off the table. And then Florida State at the end of the year, at least you get them here. I need to get, and look, <laughs> to get back on track, you need to start winning games like this. So, in the right direction, if Florida is on the track, then they'll win this this weekend. If Rocky Top has returned and you want me to get the temperature of room temperature, you're back. Tennessee's barometric pressure, or it's top 10 team. Quarterback-wise, analysis-wise, again, I laid I laid this out for you, but Billy Napier, you start to look at the schedule. Because if you're Florida, think about this. If you're Florida, you can have a winning record and not beat any of the teams you have to beat. What I consider the core four, as I mentioned, four horsemen. Look, they could lose this weekend to Tennessee, beat Charlotte. Now you're 2-2. Two and two. Okay, you're two and two. Kentucky at Kentucky. Who knows? You could win that three and two. Vanderbilt at home four and two. This team could be sitting at four and two. And then what? Then you start to look around and go, okay, we got Missouri. We got Arkansas coming up. This team could go seven and five and lose to the core four and Utah. Beat South Carolina. Beat Missouri. You could. Just check all those boxes. But are you back to get on the right track? Got to pick off one of the core four. All right. Starts with Tennessee this weekend. I wanted to end with this. Ben Becker. I'm going to give proper credit. Action News Jacks with the story that city of Jacksonville, Donna Deegan, John Conn, Jaguars have begun negotiations on the new stadium. 2029 is when the lease expires for the Jacks. Okay. How long do I expect negotiations to take? At least six months. At least six months. I've said it time and time again. Say it again. Donna Deegan, pick up the phone, call the governor, say, Governor, look, we may not see eye to eye. Going to need your help, bud. Here's where I said, use the governor. I Use the governor, the power of the governor's office. Ron DeSantis is a Jacksonville guy, right? It was his congressional district. Bring the governor in and say, let's do the same deal that, that the bill's got in Buffalo. What was that deal? I went through and did the math on this. You may not get the same amount of money, but you can get close. The Jaguars are talking 1.6 to 1.9 billion when it's all said and done to redo this thing. Uh, what did they do with the Pagulas and the Bills? Well, 850 million were kicked in from the people and 600 million from Bills ownership. Shot Khan has already gone higher than that. What Shot Khan's willing to kick in what? 850 million, 900 million, 
plus any over expenses. So ShotCon's giving you a sweeter deal than the Bills got. ShotCon's giving the city of Jacksonville a sweeter deal than Vegas got um, with Al Davis. uh, Or sorry, Mark Davis. Uh, You go through and look at all these teams and all these deals in these new stadiums. ShotCon's willing to kick in more money than any of these places. But if I were Donna Deegan, if I were Ron DeSantis, you have the state to kick in money for it. Seriously. The county in Buffalo kicked in $250 million, $500 million, $600 million, excuse me, from the state. State of New York kicked in $600 million. And I was talking to somebody a couple months ago uh, that covers the Jaguars. They go, Seth, state of Florida's got too many professional teams. And New York doesn't? And New York does not? Think about the Metro alone. And I know a couple of them are New Jersey, but those are New York teams. Come on. The Jets, the Giants, share a stadium. You got the Devils. You got two professional hockey teams that play in two different spots. They're building another arena. You have the Knicks. You have the Nets. Not to mention the Yankees. Not to mention the Mets. And then Buffalo, the Sabres, and the Bills. They got 10 professional sports teams alone in New York City. Florida's got, what's Florida got? Four in Miami, three in Tampa. Four in Miami, three in Tampa, one in Orlando, one in Jacksonville. Am I missing something here? Four in Miami, three in Tampa, seven. Orlando, eight, one in Jacksonville, nine. State of New York's got what, 11? Look, if the state of New York can kick in $600 million as a state, and this is truly the state where everybody wants to come to, as the governor says, uh, okay, look, it's, it's flush with cash, flush with business opportunities. Okay, here you go. If I were Donna Deegan, i go, I want the same deal that New York got. Do you want to keep a third professional team in Florida? Kick it. Well, if you give money to the uh, <laughs> the Jags, you got to give money to other people. No, you don't. Let them worry about that. Let them worry about it. Well, Tampa's going to want new money for a race stadium. Okay, well, they can get in line. We did it first. So what? Tampa already has three professional sports teams. Jacksonville has one. We need to keep the one we have. That's my approach from Donna Deegan. Hey, Governor DeSantis, help us with this. We want the same type of deal. We want the same sweet deal New York got. We won't even ask for $600. We want $500 million. So if, you're, if you can get $500 million from the state, $250 million from the county, $750 million, there you got your deal. There you got your deal. It's palpable. So if I were approaching this from the city of Jacksonville's perspective, I'd do what Buffalo did, and I'd ask Governor DeSantis to help me. They're a man of Florida. Hope this team stay in Florida. What? Jacksonville's no more of a smaller market than Buffalo. They pulled it off using state money. You can do the same. Well, what if one of the professional hockey team, what if the Panthers want something? Let them ask for it. When I negotiate a contract or I'm going with somebody, I don't worry. Well, what does this mean if I've had, not where I currently work, but I've had this happen before where I've been talking. It's like, well, if we give you this money, what's Tony going to think about it? Well, Tony, I don't care. Let Tony figure it out for himself when he comes in and talks to you. I mean, not his real name, but that's happened to me before. What's he going to think about this? I'm not going to tell him. You're going to tell him? No. So what? Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page. Check it out, the bar, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, 
Stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.